The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. You're never gonna make it, you're not good enough There's a million other people with the same stuff You really think you're different, and you must be kidding Think you're gonna hit it, but you just don't get it It's impossible, it's not probable, you're irresponsible Too many obstacles, you gotta stop it, yo You gotta take it slow, you can't be a pro Don't waste your time no more Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I don't give a damn if you say you disapprove I'm gonna make my move, I'm gonna make it soon I am solo today So, with that being said Hello Good morning and uh, welcome to the 16-ounce podcast. And Jay is here all by himself today, but that's all right. Duvet's doing some family stuff. Safe travels, buddy, by the way. If anyone on our live feed can't hear me, let me know, and I'll make sure to adjust this. And we're going to start this morning with a nice little... Jack Daniels, Black Jack, and Cola. That's what we're doing today. Is what it is. Saturday. Went back to work last week. Well, this week was my first week back to work. I'm going to need these. But, man, we got an event today, huh? UFC 284 is going to be lit. Um, With... All that going on. Um, Before I get into UFC 284, also wanted to say today, we are sponsored by, as always, the GHU Game Station. Uh, You know, right now they're only in the local area. Uh, They do travel to Buffalo and places like that. Um, But GHU Game Station, it's a gaming trailer that... uh, you can. They have bundles and stuff that you can um, go on their website at uh, gameheadsunited.com or you can go to the GHU uh, face, uh, Game Station Facebook page. And uh, on there, they'll have all the, all the deals that they got going on, stuff like that. Uh, but basically, it's a gaming trailer with Xbox, PlayStation, uh, SNES, Old school Nintendo games, the Switch. It's a lot of fun for people of all ages, adults. We well, a couple of events that I've done with them, um, like birthday parties and stuff. Even the adults are like, "We're gonna do this again in the summer when we're throwing parties." You know, they see how cool it is for the kids, and they enjoy it themselves. So make sure you check out GHU Game Station, um, BJ and Pros. Man, they really got it going on. And, you know, salute to those guys, man, because they're bringing attention to the video game scene, which is a lot of fun. Um, especially with, like, uh, you know, UFC events. They got an NHL event coming up. All sorts of stuff. So make sure you check them out. If you're in the if you're in the, the western New York area, man, you should try and really come out to a couple of these events because they're, they're a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun, a lot of competition. Hopefully when Undisputed comes to console, we'll get an Undisputed tournament going. That'll be a blast. Um, but with that being said, we'll, we'll talk some other things. 
before I get into the UFC 284 card. Um, I want to start off with talking about Derek Lewis a little bit. Morning, Des. Um, I want to just go off the comments that Dana White was talking about or made after the Derek Lewis lost his fight. Dana White said, I have a lot of respect for Derek Lewis. Love the guy, and he got manhandled tonight. I love him, but he's not going anywhere. Um, I kind of figured that. You know, he's one of those fighters that no matter what is always going to draw on a crowd. Would GHU come to PA? Yeah, I'm sure BJ would for sure. Um, you're not that far. I can talk to him. Um, and I can let you know, have him reach out to you, or he can talk to me, and then I'll talk to you about it. Um, But, yeah, so with, with Derek Lewis... He's just an entertaining fighter, right? I mean, we know he can't wrestle, but there's guys in their careers right now that are just like like Kevin Holland. He just said, you know, I just want to stand and bang. I know my chase for the gold isn't there, um, but I want to have fun fights. And Derek Luce is in the same boat, man. If you just put him up with guys that want to stand and bang, that's who you can really test their chins against is Derek Lewis. So... You know, I don't see him going anywhere like Dana White said. Um, he's going to be around just because he's going to be there to punch people in the face and, and really test the chins out on, on these people that are up and coming because there's some heavy hitters above him. And, you know, the heavyweight division has is, is been <clears throat> no joke. So with that, I think it's it's he'll definitely be fun to watch. Um, if you just put him in a stand and bang type of fight. And I think he's got a couple, probably like a year or two left, and then he might hang him up. Uh, Deontay Wilder suggested he wanted to fight Francis, which is actually, I'd rather watch Wilder fight Francis than Fury. Uh, but Deontay Wilder suggested that they do a two-fight deal, boxing and MMA. And I don't know if I have the direct quote from it, but he basically said that if you're willing to come to my house, I'm willing to go to your house. And to me, I think that's, you know, not many boxers are willing to do that. So if if Wilder's real about that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what else do we got? Oh, so... Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker is in the in the works to headline UFC Fight Night on May thirteenth. That's that's a banger. Uh, I really wish we could have seen Anthony Smith versus Jamal Hill, but there is a good chance that that could still happen. I mean, Anthony Smith isn't done, as we can tell. If he beats Johnny Walker, and then I don't know. It's whoever he 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 might have one more fight after that, and then he could be on his way to the light heavyweight top as well. Um, announced yesterday, uh, <clears throat> we got Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Benel Darush. Um, for UFC two eighty eight, so f- like five months, four months from now. Maybe a little longer than that. I'm not sure. But still, however, that is 
that's a good fight, man. Those those two guys. Darush might give Oliveira a run for his money. I mean, Oliveira is, is very well, uh, is very good. We can tell. Obviously, we've seen it from him. Um, excuse me. We've seen him fight the best of the best in that division. And uh, he's, you know, Darush is on his way to the top. And if he beats Oliveira, obviously he's next in line for for a title shot. Um, and he, it's very well deserved. I mean, the guy's been doing it all. He's he's been out there just manhandling people. Um, himself, which is, you know, I think that's a good fight too. That's there, there's a lot of fights this year. Is is off to a great start. I mean. We'll get into tonight's card, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. These fight announcements have been kind of crazy. And then on to, I don't know if anyone knows or follows like Jorge Masvidal's Game Bread fighting. Uh, Game Bread Boxing, is it just Game Bread 4 or Game Bread, Game Bread Boxing 4? I'm not sure what it's called, but it's Game Bread 4. Um, this card is it's game bread boxing four uh it's all the bouts are six rounds except for the main event i'm not sure how many rounds that is might be 10 uh but that card's kind of cool so starting from the the bottom all the way up to the main event uh b nagayan uh he has he's gonna be fighting but he's gonna his uh, opponents to be determined still uh dylan klecker versus josh burns Devin Cushing versus Damian Marciano. That's going to be a good fight. Uh, Paul Daly versus Anthony Taylor is, is nuts. Uh, Pearl Gonzalez versus Gina uh, Mazney. Mazney. And then these next three fights, man, are actually going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we got Jose Aldo, who just retired from the UFC, uh, who also just won his pro boxing debut fight I think yesterday last night I think um and he's gonna box Jeremy Stevens so we got two former UFC guys getting ready to duke it out in the boxing ring which I think is uh, these next three fights are actually all former UFC fighters um but Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens in a boxing match is gonna be a lot of fun um I mean, Jeremy Stevens is very good with his hands, but I think Jose Aldo is too. I'd put my money on Aldo for sure. Uh, <laughs> this dude is never going to be done. He's going to fight till he's 100. But Vitor Belfort versus Ronald Souza. Uh, I'm going to put my money on Belfort, man. He's just, at his age, he's still extremely strong. And he's always been a good boxer. So I like I like that fight. And then for the main event... We have Anthony Showtime Pettis boxing Roy Jones Jr. Now, anyone that I mean, anyone that's into combat sports or into any of this, uh, I mean, we all know Roy Jones Jr. is, you know, he's in conversations for one of best boxers of all time, you know, stuff like that. Uh, he's always he's always up up there in the tops of the rankings. Um 
And then him boxing Anthony Pettis is just bizarre because, I mean, he has the nickname Showtime for a reason. He's very flashy. Uh, it's very interesting fighter. So it's going to be two different, very different styles going against each other. Uh, however, I don't know if Anthony Pettis's chin is going to hold up to Jones's power. I mean, I know Jones is older, but he still has has some raw power. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be something for sure. Um, and then all I really want to do today uh, on this. It's just a short little podcast today because I'm by myself. Um, but tonight is UFC 284. It's on at um, the early prelims and the prelims are on ESPN Plus for free at 6 p.m. And then obviously the main event is like seventy nine ninety nine or something like that. Uh, whatever they raise the price to this time around. But um, I'm just going to go over the UFC 284 card and then I'm going to give my opinion on you know, who I think is going to win. Um, so I'll go through the whole card and then I'll start all the way back over. Well, you know what? I'll go through the whole card and as I'm going through them, I'll pick my, who I think is going to win. And then, um, I'm going to go to DraftKings and I will give my, uh, I'll give my opinion on what bets that I'll be placing and what bets that I like, um, underdog, two leg parlays, straight up bets, stuff like that. Um, and if you follow, let me know if you don't, uh, or if you got different picks that you like, you know, um, let me know as well. I love to talk about it. I, people always come to me and ask me for, you know, UFC opinion. So here's their chance to let me know what they think. Um, so starting off on the UFC 284 card, <clears throat> on the early prelims, the first fight of the night is going to to be Zubera Tukagov versus Elvis Brenner. Zubera's 25 and one, <clears throat> Brenner's 13 and three. Uh, it's a lightweight fight. Brenner's 25, Zubera's 32. Um, Elvis has a four and a half inch reach on him, which is a, a big reach, and he's only an inch taller. <clears throat> um, but with Zubera, I mean, he—if Elvis doesn't know how to use that reach, he could be in trouble. Uh, Zubera is v- could very well just get him on the ground and and tuck him away, but. Brenner's ground game isn't the greatest. Um, it's good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's going to use that to his advantage um, if they go to the ground. But for me, my pick on that fight's going to be Zubera. <clears throat> then, at, then the next fight is a featherweight fight, and it's Shane Young versus Blake uh, Builder. Builder's seven zero and one, and Shane Young is thirteen and six. Or same height, and Young has a four-inch reach on him. Uh, they're a couple years off in age, which doesn't always matter. Um, this is a this is honestly a tough one, though. Um, 
for this one, though, I think Blake's going to lose his first fight of his career. Uh, if you don't count draws as losses, I don't know. Everyone's different. Uh, but I'm going to go with Shane Young on that one. Um, then we have women's strawweight fight. Luma Luke Boomi versus Elise Reed. Uh, Loma, Luma is 7-3. and three. Elise is 6-2. and two. Um, They're very close in everything. Two, uh, one and a half inch reach for Luma. It's actually going to be a good fight. I know a lot of people don't really pay much attention to uh, women's fights, but this is definitely a fight to look forward to. Um, I think these girls are really going to go at it. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to think because I've seen them both fight before. Um, not in the UFC, but I've seen their highlight reels and stuff like that. Um, and I've watched one of their fights on, I forget what it was on. One of the, like the amateur fights. Um, I'm probably going to go with Luma on this one. Uh, probably by submission, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'll go at the end of it. I'll go through it with DraftKings stuff, um, and we'll decide through that. But I think I think Luma's going to win for sure. And then to top off the early prelims, it's another featherweight fight. Uh, Don Shanus versus Jack Jenkins. Jack is ten and two. Don is twelve and four. Uh, Jack is an inch taller with a one inch reach advantage. Um, Don is an inch shorter in height. This is another good fight, man. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to go with Jack on this. Jack Jenkins. Um, I just overall, I think he's just a better fighter. Um, but with that being said, I mean, Don's pretty good too. I just think Jack's going to overwhelm him and, and Don's not going to know what to do with it. Um, and then we go into the prelim card. So yeah, so Jack and Don cap off the early prelims and then we go into the prelim card, which is pretty, uh. Pretty good card. I mean, to start it off with uh, Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Prado. Uh, you got Francisco, who's 11-0, and and then you got Jamie, who's 15-5. and Anyone that follows the UFC has seen Jamie fight quite a few times. Um, Francisco's 20, and Jamie's 28. Uh, Jamie's 6 foot, Francisco's 5'8". Obviously, they weigh the same. And then Jamie has a 5-inch reach, 74 inches to 69-inch reach. Um, Prado's probably going to try and wrestle him, but I don't know, man. That, that's a tough one. Um, I do like Jamie a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch, but he's very sporadic. So I could see... For this fight, I'm going to go ahead and say Prado wins it. 
I think he's gonna I think he's gonna outdo Jamie. And Francisco has pretty good stamina too, so I think he might be able to push the pace on Jamie and really kind of wear him down. Um we could see a second round finish there, in my opinion. Um then we go into after that, we go into uh a flyweight fight with Shannon Ross versus Clayton Rodriguez. Uh just off the top of my head, I'm I'm gonna go with Shannon Ross. Um I think his experience with with him, I think he's I think he's the overall better fighter. Uh they're basically the same in almost every category. Uh Rodriguez has a one inch reach advantage. Um they're a couple years off in age, inch off in height. I just I personally think Shannon Ross, but I mean, it's it's fighting, so anything is possible. Um then after that, we have Joshua Kilabo versus Melsic Bogdasarian. Uh they're Josh is ten one and one. Melsic is seven and one. Uh, the three years off, they're same height, same weight. Uh, Josh has a seventy-three inch reach. Melsic has a seventy-inch reach. So, with that being said, um, I mean they're they're very even uh, all together, in my opinion. Um, I'm gonna go Josh on this one, just because I. I'll be honest, I've never seen Melsic fight. I've seen Josh fight, so I'm just going to go with Josh on that one. Uh, Betting-wise, I don't know if I'll touch that fight, but we'll see. Um, And then to cap off the prelim card, we have a light heavyweight bout between Tyson Pedro and Modestus Bukaskis. So uh, these guys are pretty well-known. If you pay a lot of attention to the UFC, if you pay a lot of attention to UFC, um, they're basically, everything for them is basically matched up. I mean, they're two years off in age, same height, same weight, and the reach is off by an inch. Uh, I'm probably going Modestus on this. I like Tyson Pedro a lot. I just don't know if his chin's going to, um, handle Modestus, uh, power. That guy has some freak raw power, and I don't know if I see... Tyson being able to handle it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, Tyson also has a lot of power too. Um, but when I look at certain things like stamina, uh, chin strength and all that, I, I'm, my edge goes to Modestus for sure. Uh, but like I said, Tyson can do it too. So that caps off that fight there. Um, Tyson versus Modestus that caps off the prelim. And then, we take off into the main card, which this main card in, in general is <clears throat> uh, a banger. Um, we got, so to start off the main card, we have Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. Um, so with that, uh, I'm going Menafield on this one. Um, I like Jimmy Crute. I do. 
But I feel like after Anthony Smith leg kicked him and his leg crumbled, he hasn't been the same stance-wise. Um, and it seems like, I think it was his right leg that gave out. I can't, I think it was his left leg that gave out. Uh, and that's his lead leg. And he just doesn't seem the same on that lead leg since. And Menafield has very strong leg kicks. And he has a lot of power up top, too. So this one, to me, is going to be a standard bang fight. Uh, Menafield is two inches shorter, but he has a two-inch reach advantage. Um, <clears throat> he's a little bit older. But I personally think that Alonzo is is going to take that fight. Probably by knockout. Uh, and that's a light heavyweight fight. Then after that, we have a heavyweight fight with Justin Taffa and Parker Porter. Um I mean, this fight, from here on out, I think uh, this whole main card is interesting. Um, and they're all bangers from top to bottom. However, I think with the heavyweights right here, uh, these guys I think are just going to stand and bang. And, I mean, Justin's got a, a good chin, but so does Parker. And I, I on a personal level, I think Parker is just for a heavyweight. His, his striking is very um, clean, and uh, man, this is a tough one. I'm gonna go Parker Porter on this fight. I just think Tafa is gonna be overwhelmed, and when he realizes the power of Parker's, I think he's gonna he's gonna. It's going to hurt a little bit, and he's just not going to... I think he's just going to be overwhelmed, and I think Parker's going to pull this one out. Uh, but after that, we have a welterweight fight with Jack Della Mandalena and Randy Brown. Um, these guys are exciting. Randy Brown is... I think he was injured for a while, came back, fought, won, and now he's back in it again. Um, I didn't think he was going to be the same the last time he came back and fought. I don't remember exactly who it was against. It was against Trinaldo. Yeah, in October, he fought Trinaldo. Um, maybe I'm off on something. When was he injured? Oh, yeah, he got injured in, tw- in uh, the end of 2019. He still won that fight, but he got hurt, and then... He had to pull out of his April 11th fight against Vincent uh, Luque. And then they ran it back in August. Uh, Vicente won. And then, yeah, 2021, he fought twice. 2022, he fought twice. Uh, the last fight was October. And then he won against Trinaldo by decision. Um. I think he's getting back in his groove, man. I I really like him personally, and I think I think he's going to pull this one out. Uh, he's got a five-inch reach advantage over Jack, and he's got a three, four. He's five inches taller than him. Uh, I, I think Randy Brown's going to win. I, it'll probably be another decision win, um, but there is also a good possibility that he takes him down and chokes his ass out. 
Uh, Randy Brown does have good ground game. Um, it's not top tier, but it's definitely enough to to do the work that needs to get done. Um, and then here are my two favorite fights on the entire card. Uh, because I'm a big Yair Rodriguez fan. I love him. Uh, his style is great. Um, so this is a featherweight fight. It's Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. And I'm pretty sure this fight here is for the interim featherweight. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I see that's what I seen was that was an interim featherweight fight because Volk is fighting the lightweight fight tonight. Um, I, without a doubt, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think Yair wins this fight. Um, you could take that as a biased opinion because I just said I love him, but I just don't think Josh Emmett, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Yair is so flashy. Um, he doesn't have that. He has a one-inch reach advantage, Yair. Uh, he has a four-inch height advantage. Um, and he's seven years younger. I just think Yair's at... Yair's not at the top of his game, but he's getting close. And I think Josh Emmett's at his peak. Um, and for me, I think that, you know, obviously Josh has been doing his thing to be here for this fight. Um, you know, he's gone out and he's beaten, you know, beat uh, Calvin Cater, uh, beat Dan Ige, beat Shane Burgos. But the, the, my thing with, with Josh Emmett is he's only fighting once a year. So I don't know if that's enough to deal with, you know, Yair's style. I mean, Yair beat Ortega, which we know. Um, Yair uh, lost to Max, but that's, you know, what are you going to do? He's, Yair's fighting once a year as well, but his, his competition, I mean, his competition, like Max Holloway, right? I mean, that's an unbelievable fight. Uh, that went to a decision, which is incredible. Um, then he beat Brian Ortega. You know how we know how that went, um, unfortunately. And then now he's got Josh Emmett. So I personally think Gaia Rodriguez is going to take this fight. I know that he hasn't taken any fights since um, Ortega back in July. And that's because, you know, there were talks of him being up in this way somewhere, kind of just waiting for it to unfold uh, and see what, what his next competition was. But, um, yeah, I, I just – Josh Emmett doesn't have a lot in his arsenal. He's a very, very basic fighter, in my opinion, uh, which isn't a bad thing because, like I said, he's he's doing his thing to get here. He's got good power. Yair's just flashy. He's fast. Um, Emmett's more – heavy-handed, slower. Um, I'm going to go ahead and – I would put – Yair is going to be on my bet slip for sure. Uh, I just like Yair's style. I like Josh's style too because I'm a heavy-handed person myself. Um, I'm heavy-handed and slow. But um, I like Yair's style over Emmett's, and I just think that Yair's style is just overwhelming. The kicks that he can throw – and, you know, he, he can do a lot of feints with his legs that are going to make you guess if he's going to come at your body and then you might get clipped with an uppercut or or one of his hooks, a jab, anything like that. And I think the way he uses his feints and stuff like that, I think is going to be too much for Josh. Um, so I'm going Yair. I think Yair is 
in my opinion, uh, I think he's going to – I don't want to say dominate that fight, but I think he's going to own majority of the rounds if it goes to decision. However, if he does get clipped by Josh, I mean, it, it could trouble him, but um, I don't think it's a problem. And then we go to the last fight of the night and probably the biggest fight of the year because we have Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. So we have the number one pound-for-pound fighter and the number two pound-for-pound fighter going head-to-head. I think for the first time in history, it's the one and two. Um, Could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. And for Volk to take this and step up, I mean, I, listen, I love Volk in general, as it is. Um, it, it's hard it's hard to like Islam, but I do like Islam. Uh, however, you know, Volk at one point was weighing like 240, 250, playing rugby. Um, he's just a strong guy in general. Like, honestly, for him to be at featherweight, or at, uh, yeah, featherweight is nuts because he's so strong he has a low center of gravity as we've seen Ortega had him gurgling for his life and somehow he still managed to keep himself calm cool collected pull out of it and win that fight I mean to me that's that was like one of the fight of the years for me um I think that was two years ago that fight was just incredible um but Islam's style we know is I mean at the end of the day, Islam fights that Dagestani wrestling and that Dagestani type fighting where he's a hell of a wrestler. He's strong himself. I mean, they wrestle bears for a fucking living. Uh, and this fight can go either way um, for sure because, like I said, Volk is strong. Volk has a low center of gravity. He's a great wrestler, great hands, great speed, like, he can just he can do it all. To me, Volk is definitely the number one pound for pound, pound for pound best fighter in the UFC right now, and maybe even in the world. Um, I don't see anyone being able to really beat him. However, if there is anyone on this planet that can beat him, it's definitely Islam. With that being said, I mean there's a three inch advantage. For some reason, when they faced off, it looked way bigger than three inches. Uh Islam looked like he towered Volk, but. Volk has the longer reach by an inch. He has a 71.5-inch reach versus Islam's 70-inch reach. Um, they're only a few years off in age. The three-year difference there. Like I said, three-inch height advantage for Islam. Uh, and there's a 10-pound difference there as well. So I just I don't know. Um, my personal opinion, I'm going Volk. I just think that, you know, Islam's biggest regret is going to be if he goes into this fight and doesn't try to wrestle him. I know everyone, you know, I know Volk's been game planning for the takedowns and and all that, which is obvious because you know if the guy's going to take you down and you know that's what he's going to do, you're going to train for it. And Volk doesn't really need to train his boxing skills. I mean, yeah, he's going to crisp him up and freshen him up, but even still, Volk can wrestle anyway, so... That's the reason why he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter. Um, What's going to be interesting is if Islam... Islam is very good at keeping people on the ground when he takes them down. Now, 
that's going to be the key. If Islam can take him down and keep him down, he might be in trouble. But Volk is also very dangerous off the ground too. So Islam's going to have to do more than just keep him down. He's going to have to keep him down and do damage and try and keep, you know, hand fighting, which is the Dagestani style. They like to hand fight. They like to do all sorts of things. Um, in my personal opinion, I'm going Volk. I just think Volk is the better fighter. I think, you know, his, you can say whatever you want, but his experience dealing with heavier people playing rugby, I mean, he was playing with guys that weighed 200 plus pounds and bigger, way bigger than he is. And, you know, that translated over. He's had a fight in heavyweight, I'm pretty sure, light heavyweight, uh, not in the UFC, but he, uh, he knows how to handle that power, and he's got a hell of a chin. My thing is that Islam hardly handled Gilbert Burns. And I think if that fight went five rounds, Gilbert was going to win that fight. Uh, with that being said, too, I mean, Volk is just, I think, in my opinion, has just, he's manhandled his entire division. Um, And I know we're talking featherweight versus lightweight. But when you see Volk striking and the way he he handles himself and stays calm, cool, and collected, he doesn't let anything get in his head. He doesn't let the shit talk and get to him, which Islam is what he's been doing. Um, I just got to go Volk. Nowhere in my mind have I thought Islam was going to win this fight. And usually as I say that, and the fight gets closer, my mind usually changes, things come up. I just, my heart, my gut, my head, everything says Volk on this. Um, so many people are telling me I'm crazy, that I should go Islam, you know, Islam stronger. But at the same time, I think a lot of people hold, like, Habib is his trainer, he's trained with Habib's dad, all that, to a high standard, which, I mean, who wouldn't? The guy's 29-0, and 0, training Islam, who's 23-1, and 1, and to me, it's like, you know, for me, it's just that I mean, Islam's gone out there and, and done crazy things. Uh, and I don't know why I said Gilbert Burns. I didn't mean Gilbert Burns. I meant um, uh, – Who, why, why was it? I don't know why I say Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns was the one he fought. Um, what was I thinking? Oh, Drew Dober. I don't know why I said Gilbert Burns. My bad. My apologies. Uh, the way he went out there and handled, handled Drew Dober. I mean, Drew Dober's a tough dude, and he, you know, he went out there and manhandled him. And the way he manhandled Charles Oliveira as well. That was. Uh, that was incredible, too. I mean, the way he beat Oliveira was just unreal. Um, but I'm going Volk, man. And Volk is just, to me, it's just hard to shy away from him. Uh, like I was saying, though, everyone is telling me I'm crazy because that Dagestani style, not many people um, want to go against it. And I don't blame them because that style of wrestling is is insane. Uh the way they fight, the way they train, everything about it is is interesting. So, you know, 
I'm not mad either way. Whoever wins, I think it's going to be a great fight. But if Volk wins this, he'll be the greatest fighter of all time, in my opinion. And that's just, that's as simple as that. And there's no argument. What up, Torres? Um, Yeah, no, I, I just got Volk, man. Hoping for the upset tonight, huh? I don't know, man. I, like I said, I think Volk is just, dude's on a different level right now. He's on a different planet. Doing just different things. And Volk's can be tough to beat. Uh, but so is Islam. I mean, I don't know. I definitely don't think we're going to see. I, we might see a wrestling match, but Islam also said, like, I'm going to take him down and hold him down. And then he said, but I also want to showcase my striking, which he's not going to outstrike Volk in any way, shape, or form. It's just not going to happen. Um, I just don't see it. But it's the MMA world and anything is possible. Always, right? So, with that being said, let me go into DraftKings here. And I'm just going to look into these these fights a little bit deeper. See what all these spreads are. So, uh, I usually, what I usually do for... UFC fight nights is I put a dollar down and I bet on every fight that I think is going to win. So we'll start with that. So if I take Zubera, Shane Young, Luma, Jack, Francisco, um, Shannon, Uh, Melsic. Oh, no, Josh, sorry. Not Melsic. Josh. Modestus. Alonzo. Parker. Randy. Yair. And Volk. So 13 fights on the card. If I put a dollar on that, uh, <laughs> I win 28 grand, which would be nice. But that's that's usually one of my things I always do is I, I pick all those and place that bet. Um, and then I do some two, three-leg parlays, uh, some player prop, some fighter props, and then I give who I think is going to be my upset of the night. With that being said, so from top to bottom, uh, Zubera is a minus 560. Uh, Elvez Brenner is a plus 430. It, honestly, unless you do, like, like I said, that big parlay I do where I pick all 13 fights, Zubera is not worth picking because he's just, you'd have to place 560 bucks just to win 100 bucks. So, um, Shane Young is a minus 150. Blake uh, Builder is a plus 130. I think Shane's going to win. However, I mean, that there is a good chance that there's an upset there. But I'm still going to ride with Shane. I think he's just going to pull through. 
Uh, Luma is a minus 320. Elise is a plus 265. I don't really see there being an upset there at all. Excuse me. Um, excuse me. Jack Jenkins is a minus 380. Don Shanus is a plus 310. Once again, I don't see an upset being there. And betting on Jack straight up, unless you parlay him with somebody like, you know, a Shannon Ross or a Francisco Prado, even then you'll get a minus 380. And if you take Francisco at a plus 230, I mean, it does bring it up to plus 316. If you pair him with Shannon Ross, you get a plus 386. So, um, you know, if you go and place 100 bucks on that, your payout would be 486. So, I mean, taking Jack Jenkins, I think, is, is, is good, but you have to pair him with somebody who's, who's an underdog. Um, which I guess saying that, too, you could take Jack Jenkins and pair him up with Alonzo Menafield brings you to a plus 222. Um, honestly, that might be my... You know what? That's going to be my two-leg parlay for the day. Jack Jenkins mixed with Alonzo Menafield. Straight up, those are the two I think are going to win. Jack Jenkins, Alonzo Menafield. Uh, pair them up, and you'll have plus 222 odds. Put 100 bucks on it. And I think, like I said, I think you win 488, I think was the... Oh, no, that was the other one. You'd win 322. Sorry, my bad. My brain's all over the place. So I think that's not a bad little uh, little bet there. Two-leg parlay. It's nothing crazy, and you can still pay. It still pays out big depending on what you're able to, you know, bet what you can afford to lose. So if you can bet five bucks, bet five bucks because you're still, you're still making your money back, you know. Um, don't let nobody ever shame you into betting. Uh things you can't afford because that's just we don't here even though i gamble i i do the same thing i put five bucks on fights i put you know 10 20 whatever whatever i can afford to lose that week is what i put on it so um where were we oh yeah jack jenkins and then jamie malarkey and francisco prado jamie's a minus 275 francisco's a plus 230 um, be honest, Francisco is going to be my underdog pick for. The... Hmm. My two underdog picks for today are going to be Francisco and Alonzo. Um, if you don't like Francisco, Alonzo is not a bad bet. If you want, he's a plus one fifty five. Uh, however, like I said, I'm I'm probably leaning towards Francisco Prado. Over Jamie. Um, Shannon Ross is a plus 285. Clayton Rodriguez is a minus 345. I picked Shannon to win that fight. Uh, however, I, I don't know. I just, on a personal level, I, I don't really, I don't know. Uh, if you want to pick it, I would pick it under two and a half rounds, though. If if you if you don't want to take 
Shannon Ross, take the under two and a half because either Clayton's going to beat him in the first or this fight's going the distance. And if it goes the distance, I think Shannon Ross wins. Um, And that's that's a safe bet because, I mean, the under is a 115. Under two and a half is a 115, minus 115. So you'd have to bet 100 bucks to win or 115 to win 100. So, um, yeah. So basically, if you bet a hundred bucks on that, and I only use a hundred as like a just a, a base to make it easier, uh, total payout would be one eighty six. So if you're gonna gamble on that fight, and you you know you don't really know who to pick, or you know you want more bang for your buck instead of, instead of taking Cladeson at a minus three forty, I definitely think the under two and a half rounds is the bet there. Uh, Josh Kulabayo versus Melsic. Uh, they're both a minus 110. So that's the closest fight on that card. Um, Spread-wise, obviously that's about as even as you're going to get. It's them being the same. Uh, that's a toss-up. Uh, like I said, um, take whoever you want. If you want to bet that, under two and a half rounds is a plus 150. I, I don't think i take the under on that. Uh, I'm just looking at the method of victory, seeing if there's anything worth going on there. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think on, on this fight here, my best bet, it's a minus 185, but I would say over two and a half rounds. If I can f- find it. Is there, yeah, so it's minus 150 for the fight to go the distance. So, I think this fight might go the distance. I wouldn't take the over two and a half, uh, just because it's minus 185. So, if you're going to bet on this fight, I would take the minus 150 if you don't want to pick a fighter for the fight to go the distance. Um, Tyson versus Modestus. Tyson's a minus 215. Modestus is a plus 185. I'm still riding with Modestus on this. I would take him as an underdog straight up. Uh, I would even go into it and look at winning methods, and I would possibly, even if you want, Modestus is a plus 185. Winning method of him by KOTKO is a plus 165. So you're better off just taking, uh, or sorry, from Odessa's to win by KO, TKO, or DQ is a plus 380. Um, that's what I would I would personally take it that way. Uh, I mean, there's even a lot in it to hedge it if you really want. Um, because there, there's a lot of money to, to be won. So if you Tyson Pedro to win by KO, TKO, or DQ is plus 165. Tyson to win by submission, which I would not pick. Uh, or Tyson to win by decision is plus 300. So hold on one second. I'm just trying to see. Tyson Pedro is a minus 215. If you go to the winning methods on that on DraftKings, method of victory, double chance, you could take Tyson Pedro to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision for a minus 150. If you want to bet on Tyson, that's going to be your best bet at a minus 150 instead of taking him 
at a minus two fifteen because he's not going to submit him. It's just it's. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen Tyson Pedro wrestle anybody. So I wouldn't even touch submission. Um, but if you're going to bet Tyson straight up, I would do to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision. If you're going to take Tyson, if you're going to take Modestus, um. Submission is there, but I don't think it's high. Uh, however, I, I just personally think if you're going to bet Modestus, I think the best bet's just to take him straight up. Uh, personally, because for him to win by KOTKO DQ or decision is plus two hundred. KOTKO DQ or submission is plus three thirty, and then to win by submission or decision is plus four hundred. So, if you're going to take Modestus, just take him straight up. It's the best bet. Uh, but if you want Tyson, I would take Tyson by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision at minus 150. You get better odds. Uh, like I said, he's a minus 215 on the money line. So that would be the way to go. Minus 150, you get better. You, your odds are are better than that. Um, They actually just changed. Went, yeah, no, he's a min- yeah, minus 225. So I would take I would take the... Um, when it go to the winning so if you go and click on the UFC go down to Tyson Pedro versus Modestus click on him go to winning method and then scroll down the method of victory double chance and take Tyson Pedro at minus 150 at the TKO KO DQ or decision um, then with that we got Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield Crute's a minus 180 Menafield's a plus 155 um, if you think Crute's going to win, let's see, what's the fight lines? It's over one and a half or under one and a half rounds. Personally, I would take over one and a half on this one. Uh, over one and a half is plus 120. Under is minus 150. I don't think this is going to be over in the second round. Um, well, I don't think it's going to be over in the first one and a half rounds. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen late second or in early in the third. Uh, winning methods. Let's see. So Jimmy Crute to win by KO, TKO, or DQ or decision is plus 120. Which, if you're going to bet, if you're going to bet on Crute to win. Those that's honestly your best, in my opinion, your best because he's a minus one eighty. Go into it at the uh, same way winning. Go into the winning method, method of victory, double chance. It's a plus one twenty. I don't see him submitting him. Um, however, they think that he could submit him, which is a strong possibility. But if you're going to do that, you might as well just take Jimmy Crute. Um, straight up because it's a minus one twenty. There's not much of a difference. Uh, it's a couple bucks. And then to win by submission or decisions, a plus 130. I don't know. I don't like to take the submission or decision because it's submissions are just harder to do, obviously. So that would be my thought. Uh, if you're going to take Jimmy Crute to win, I would do the double chance victory, KOTKO DQ or decision. Uh, and if you're going to take Alonzo, just take Alonzo straight up. There's no point doing it any other way. 
And then here we go. We're into the last final four stretch here. Uh, Jack versus Randy. Jack is a minus 315. Randy is a plus 260. So obviously if you're going to bet Randy, take him straight up. Might as well. He's already a plus 260. If you're going to take Jack, he's a minus 315. So I'm always in on the the double chances. I like the odd changes and stuff like that. I don't see this fight going the distance at all. I, I don't think there's a chance for it to go the distance. Personally, on this one, I would take Jack Della Mandalena. I would take Jack to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission to minus 135. That would be my best bet on this one for this fight. Um, like I said, unless you're going to take Randy, then take Randy straight up. That That's all. Um, then we have Yair versus Josh. Yair's a minus 180. Josh is a plus 155. So for this, I don't think Josh is going to win at all. I don't even see a slight chance in it. Um, if you're going to take Yair and you want better odds, um, Yair to win by KO, TKO, or, D, or decision is a minus 165. Not much of a difference in the, in the odds, 15. Uh, I don't know if I see him winning by submission. Personally, I just don't. Um, so I don't know if I would take KO, TKO, or submission. Which, I mean, you could because there's a slight possibility that he knocks him out. I just like the KO decision or decision just because it'll go either way. But if you take him on KO, TKO, DQ, or submission, it's plus 225. So that might be a solid bet if you think he's going to knock him out. But then if it goes decision, you lost anyways. Um with that being said, if you want to hedge it, you can take Yair to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission, and then take him to win by submission, or, well, yeah, submission or decision. Um, however, if you go up here, you can take Yair to win by decision. So if you want to cover your ass, put money on Yair to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission at plus 225. And then for just a regular – that's under the double chance. And then for just regular method of victory, you can take Yair to win by decision at plus 150. So then that covers you on three aspects of it. That covers you on a KO. It covers you on a KO, TKO, or DQ or submission. And it covers you on the, to win by decision. So, I mean, you basically have all three covered as long as he wins that fight. No matter how he wins it, you're going to win. You'll win more if he wins by KO or submission. You'll win – You'll still win at plus 150 if he wins by decision. Uh, and if you're going to take Josh Emmett, you might as well just take Josh Emmett straight up. That's just, just because he's the favorite as it is. And then we get into the main event here. Um, Islam's a minus 380. Volk is a plus 310. Um. The over two and a half rounds is a minus one sixty five. Under two and a half rounds is plus one thirty five. In no way, shape, or form would I even touch the total rounds because who knows how this goes? Personally, I don't. I have no idea. Um, this fight could end in the first round for sure. It could go to the decision for sure. So, 
we'll see how that goes. So, if you think Islam's going to win, just bet him straight up. Like I said, at uh, at a plus or sorry, if you think Volk is going to win, just bet him straight up because he's a plus three ten. If you think Islam is going to win, to get better odds besides the minus three eighty, go over. I'm always into the winning methods. I think those are the best bets for me. Um, and these are all my opinions. Like I said, if you follow along, let me know. I hope you all win. If you don't like them, let me know what you like because I, I like to hear people's bets as well. So for me, I'm going to go down to the method of victory double chance again. If you're looking at Islam, so for Islam to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision is a plus 100. Personally, another hedge bet here. That's plus 100. So your money's flat. Whatever you bet, you're going to double at a plus 100. With that being said, if you take that and then you take Islam to win by submission, that's a plus 140. Once again, you cover all aspects of the fight. So if you put, you know, if if you have 200 bucks to bet and you bet, you know, um, Islam to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision, and he wins by that, you win your 200 bucks back. However, if he wins by decision and you put 100 bucks on that, then uh, that's a plus 215. Or sorry, if you take him by submission, it's plus 140. You win a little bit more than your 200 bucks back. Um, if you wanted to, I just personally don't know that this is the best hedge. Uh, Islam to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission is a minus 115. And then if you take him to win by decision, it's a plus 215. So, you know, uh, I think the first hedge that I said, the TKO, KO, DQ, or decision, and then to win by submission, I think is the best bet to make your money back. Um, I mean, that's... On a personal level, I think that's the best hedge bet to, to go in with tonight. Um, if you want to take Volk to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission, it's plus 700 odds. Uh, so I guess it, it, at the end of the day, if you really wanted to, instead of taking, if you want to try and earn more money, um, which, you know, sometimes doesn't always end the best for gamblers. Uh, if you don't want Volk at his, you know, plus 310 and you want more, there is a bet down here. Let me. I'm just trying to find it. Alexander Volkanovsky to win by KO, TKO, or submission is a plus seven hundred. Um, I just don't see him submitting Islam. I just really don't. So that that's up to you. Like I said, if I'm me, I'm probably taking. I'm taking Volk, but if you're going to hedge it, I would put money on, you know, Makachev to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision at plus 100. And then I would also take that on a separate bet, Islam to win by submission at plus 140. This way, you don't have to, you know, a minus 380, there's, unless you have him in a big parlay 
a couple leg parlay, there's no point. Um, unless you're betting big money, that's it. You know, five hundred plus bucks, then go for it. But if you're not, there's no point. It just doesn't make any sense. So, for me, that's all I really got. Um, I'm here. I was here solo today, and you know, this big fight card. So I just wanted to get this out there for you guys. Those are my bets. I'm going to try and probably do this um, for boxing as well. And I'm going to do it for the UFC. We'll, we'll just do it towards like the, maybe the middle or the end. I don't know. I'll talk to Duvet, see what, what's best. And I'll give you guys my opinions every week and that there's a fight and we'll, uh, we'll just go from there. So, um, if you're on live, I'm going to stick around while I finish up this stuff for here. If not, if you're listening to the pre-recorded version, um, I'm out. Peace. Have a good night. You're never going to make it. You're not good enough. There's a million other people with the same stuff. You really think you're different and you must be kidding. Think you're going to hit it, but you just don't get it. It's impossible. It's not probable. You're irresponsible. Too many obstacles. You got to stop it, yo. You got to take it slow. You can't be a pro. Don't waste your time no more. Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I don't give a damn if you say you disapprove. I'm going to make my move. I'm going to make it soon. And I'll-